Hi, welcome to the very first episode of Two Friends with Nothing in Common. <laughs> My name is Manuela, and to start off the show, I'll just tell a little story about who I am as a person. Um, so when I was younger, I had this dog that I absolutely loved. His name was Teddy, after the great Theodore Roosevelt. Um, and one day, he was just eating his food, and I just thought he was so cute. So I went up to give him a hug. <laughs> And while, while he was eating, he like turned around and bit me in the face. And I didn't know what to do. So I just went to my room and cried and didn't tell anyone about that moment until right now. That's rough. I thought you were going to say he like barfed, like you squeezed him so much that he was just like came pouring out of his mouth. But no, that's, that's charming too. Yeah. But, this is Andrew. Yeah, my name's Andrew, by the way. My co-host of Two Friends with Nothing in Common. Yeah, we don't have anything in common. But we're still friends. Somehow. So, enjoy this episode. <laughs> Alright, so... We're going to start each podcast out with um, a little recap of our week. So, Manuela, tell me about your week. How's your week been? Well, my past week was pretty uneventful. I went to work every day like I normally do, and I came home and listened to my other podcast about Colts. Um, Then on Thursday, I skipped the only class that I go to because I'm barely a student. Um, And then I went to crew for like 10 minutes. And then I came home. Mm. And then I've been laying in bed all weekend. I drove to Branson last night for absolutely no reason. Just got ice cream at McDonald's. It's a really fancy place. I don't know if they have that everywhere in the world. Living on the wild side. <laughs> I do what I can. How was nice. your week, Andrew? It was good. Um, we had a snow day on Monday. So I got to miss my 8 a.m. That was pretty nice. Um, so this was technically last week. But the most interesting thing that happened to me last week I was supposed to go to the grocery store to pick up some sandwiches. And uh, it's a store I'd never been to before because a friend ordered it for me. And I was I was walking down the aisle towards the deli. I Sorry, I was getting I a little you? bored. <laughs> it's the buildup. I'm like getting somewhere. Okay, so you're right. As I'm walking down the aisle towards the deli, I hear this British accent. And I'm thinking, no, it can't be. And like, as I walk closer, I see it is indeed my urban geography professor who is the most annoying <laughs> and intense person I've ever met. So what'd you do? Uh, I quickly withdrew back into the aisle to avoid uh, You didn't eye go up and talk to him? No. Why not? No. Because I didn't want a confrontation. But then after I picked up the sandwiches, I went to the, the register to check out. And it was one of those situations where there was an, an awkward aisle, like facing the registers. So he, like, we were almost making, like, direct eye contact as I was checking out. And I was, like, had my head down. I was, like, turning, looking at, at the woman at the register, like, yeah, yeah, better hand me that receipt. And, uh, it <laughs> you was, better hand me that receipt. Yeah, yeah, it was it was tense. But then uh, I snatched it, and I booked it before uh, we could make eye contact. So it was good. Um, and then this week, uh, pretty uneventful. That, that's the most eventful thing that's happened to me. So take wow, that as you like. Wow, this is going to be a fun <laughs> podcast. It's it's intense. <laughs> of our weekly recap. It's so little, far, we have nothing. It's, it's, it's a little stressful with Sarah staring at me from across the room. I, I, Sarah's our first guest yes, on the show. Our very Ooh. first. Sarah Raverman. Um, okay, well, I have kind of a funny story. I was working with my kids 
And <clears throat> I have two boys. Their names were Caden and Noah. And one boy was like, hey, guess what? I have a girlfriend. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, I get to share a girlfriend with my friend Caden. And looks over at Caden. Caden looks at me and goes, well, apparently, I just found out that she's cheating on me. So technically, we're not sharing a girlfriend. <laughs> and it was so funny. Uh, also a little heartbreaking for Caden because he seemed a little bit sad. But also, Noah was just so happy to share a girlfriend. <laughs> I know a lot of adults like that. <laughs> no, that was bad. Uh, All right, so moving into our next segment, we have a friend that will discuss something that um, <clears throat> they are very, well, they have a lot of knowledge knowledgeable about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, knowledgeable. Sorry, I lost my words. <laughs> so we have our friend Sarah Raverman here. She's going to talk about older adult sexuality. All right, so say something about that. All right, what do you want to know? Because here's the thing. It is like my personal delight in this world to like introduce the idea of older adults having sex to people because like the cultural distaste that people have for it is deeply problematic. <laughs> um, uh, but mainly what I want people to understand is one, it is normal, beautiful, lovely, and good. And two, most of them are doing it. If they like have a partner, they're probably doing it with their partner in all the ways that you and your partners are doing it. And it's awesome and great. And I love it. Um, and not in like a sad, gross way where people like the, the mere imagination of like their grandparents having sex is like a punchline, but instead that it's like this very lovely expression of the same intimacy that you feel with your partners and empathy and equality. And it's great. Ask a question about older adult sexuality. I dare you. Um, so this is more aimed at you, but <laughs> um, like Leslie Nope on Parks and Rec. Yes, ma'am. With, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, with, with the banana and all that. So do you have to do sex ed classes for older adults? Well, in general, um, older adults are way, like they're super willing to talk about sex. Like, they think it's cool. They've been doing it for longer than you've been alive. Like they, most stuff, like they they know from practice, not from like book teaching. Because um, generation kind of knowledge I like exact street knowledge. Street knowledge is really what they're good at. Um, but what's what's makes um, sexual education with older adults difficult is that generationally they did not receive the same sex ed that a lot of us received. So like understanding of like. Um, when you have sex, there are like certain risks involved and like, this is how STDs are contracted and this is how pregnancy works. And this is like the kind of interventions that work to prevent pregnancy and use the ones that don't, and this is a myth and this isn't. Um, and so like, it's kind of more technical knowledge is like, in, like assumed rather than actually known about. And so like, um, that's why like HIV contraction, like contractions of, uh, or new cases of HIV. Don't quote me on this, but I'm like 90%. <laughs> um, it's like the highest rate. Um, Sarah highest is rate not of... a trained professional just to get that out there. I'm pretty trained. <laughs> okay. She's kind of trained. <laughs> I'm, I'm like a medium trained. Um, you heard it first. Okay. <laughs> um, but like, like, um, some of the, the highest rates of um, new STD uh, diagnoses happen, 
you're not making that diagnosis, but whatever, happen um, if people over the age of 60. Uh, because one, it's postmenopausal, so like women are like, oh, who cares? We don't need condoms anymore. Uh, no one's I didn't getting even pregnant. Think of We're that. chill. Mm. Um, and then um, they, that just they a lot of them just don't realize the connection between like a, like the spreading of um, STDs and using protection, which very important, very connected, very necessary. <laughs> See, I guess I just didn't think about old people ever having sex because. <laughs> Well, first off, I don't really think about anybody ever having sex because I just don't think about that. But also, sure. that's just very interesting <laughs> to me to remember that, like, it is postmenopausal. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, there it does seem like there'd be a whole lot less consequence for having just random sex. Or, yeah. like, it might not be random. Um, but, yeah, so I'm really interested in that. Yeah. There's well, not, like, interested in it, but, like... <laughs> No, dude, be interested in whatever you want to be interested in, whichever way you want to be interested in it with, uh, then well, listen, I'm here to support you. Here's wow. the thing. I feel so supportive. Um, there's also, like, a lot of interesting questions that arise when you want to think about sexuality in the, like, through the lens of aging. So, like, most of the time when we think about sexuality and we think about, like, learning all these things, you think of, like, high school sex ed classes and then, like, college, whatever. Awkward. And, where, where, I'm sorry, <laughs> that's your, your soundboard, your, your rules. Wrong one. Bad choice. It's still going. (laughs) It's so good. Oh, beautiful. beautiful. Sorry, I'm just now learning how to use the soundboard. No, you're good. It's our first episode. It's true facts, man. But when we think about sexuality through the lens of like aging, so like when you're a teenager and you're in college or whatever, like like you said, like the consequences of sex are totally different. Like people are thinking about like, oh, I, I like. A big concern is like privacy. Like people aren't having sex because like, oh, I can't let my parents find out. Like I can't like have sex in my house or like I can't do this this place. And so like a lot of like the way that people express sexuality is um, looking for a place that privacy or security, whatever. In your older age, like you're in charge of your own damn life. You can do whatever you want. That's no longer a concern. Your concerns are more about um, like you know, who, uh, well, for instance, uh, women live a lot longer than men. And so there are a lot of single women and very few mm-hmm. single men. Um, it's because like just tradition, like you, you'll see that like, um, when couples are together, um, you know, if the man dies first, like it's just most of the men are married and there are just way fewer men. Mm-hmm. So like, um, but women tend to be more fluid in their sexuality. And so, um, there are a lot of women who um, experiment with their sexuality later in life and find mm. out that they're very attracted to women. So it's kind of like Grace oh, wow. and Frankie, but the opposite. Of, yeah. Oh, interesting. It's all kinds of ways. It's it's a delight. Wait, so what got you interested in this? Well, I've always been interested in sexual education. Um, ever like since like high school, I took a. Um, I've always been just like naturally curious. Like if there's something that I'm wondering about, like I'm not embarrassed, I will just go research it and learn it's about it and ask questions or whatever. Uh, but then I took a, uh, it was a human relations class and like a good like half of the class was all just like sexual education that I didn't get in my health class. Like mm-hmm. most people would graduate high school without having gotten any of this knowledge. And it was just going through basics of like, um, these are the different kinds of like birth control. This is how this works. This is what works against this. These are the different kinds of STIs. And this is how you um, can tell if you have them or where to go to get um, treated or 
um, you know, what the consequences of these things are. Is it, you know, can you take a medicine that will cure it? Or is it something that you'll have to manage throughout your life? Like, it's just really kind of basic things about your anatomy and about your life and the sex that you're probably, many people are going to have throughout the rest of their lives that like, you're not, you, that you're, you're just supposed to be picking up by chance. And so I became really passionate about that. And then just through my own, I studied gerontology, which is the study of aging. Um, and just through that experience of like melding those two things together, like sex does not stop being important in relationships when you turn 50. Sex does not stop being important to you. Um, you know, the number one reason that older adults stop having sex is lack of a partner. It isn't mm. lack of a drive. It mm. isn't any of those things that like we would naturally, we would normally put on, uh, you know, assumptions. Uh, you know, people are, are still so interested in that and it's still a huge part of their lives. And it's like, I don't know, like, and they're so willing to talk about it too. Like we, we yeah. like to put um, stereotypes on older adults that they're like very prim and unwilling to talk about stuff, but they're like, homie, they wrote those dirty jokes. <laughs> homie. That's so true. You think you're the first perfect person to ever do anal, babe? They've been oh. doing that for hundreds of years, babe. Look around. Is this a Christian podcast? <laughs> might have to censor this later on. Listen. We don't know who our target audience is yet. We might have Your to adjust Your discretion is advised. Hey, man. We're all adults here. <laughs> um, okay, so if there's one thing you want, if there's one thing that you would want, like, the world to know about people, well, having, people sex. having sex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what would that be? Tell us right now. The number one thing that I would like people to know is that Everyone is worthy of love. They are worthy of physical, emotional closeness with another person. It is not gross, and it is happening all the time. Um, all the shame and stigma that we put on it and uh, will inevitably prevent people from getting help with issues that they have. It will. There's there are issues where um, older adults stop taking their medications because it has like side effects that affect their sex life. But they're too embarrassed to bring it up to their doctor. And so they won't, like, you know, take the, the medicine um, that they need to live a long, healthy life in order to avoid um, sexual side effects because of stigma. Um, when really there are so many ways that that can be avoided. There are, like, you can um, take medicines at different times of day. You can hmm. switch around dosages. You can be creative and talk to your doctor. Uh, and there are actual, you know, resolutions to those problems that because we're unwilling to think of older adults. Like we're just so unwilling to imagine a reality in which they can have happy, active sexual lives um, that it's actually making people's lives worse. Wow. Interesting. That was really awesome. Thanks yeah. for sharing, Sarah. Hey man, I'm here to sit on my soapbox anytime if you just call me. You know what? Maybe <laughs> that'll be a session. Soapbox Sarah. Love it. <laughs> Sarah on her soapbox. You so know, I, I occupy very many of them. Yes. Well, thanks for being on our first episode. Of... Wait, I, I have another question. Oh, oh my God. Just so... kidding. We can't end this segment. <laughs> I, I, I didn't get a room to talk. Uh, so That's right. We... I forgot that we're sharing this podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not like a 10%, 90%. Uh, so I was going to ask, would you say that old people are more inclined to have random sex? Because I've heard stories before about nursing, nursing homes being more of a, uh, a area where STDs are prominent just because they feel like there's not as many consequences uh you touched on that a little bit earlier but... absolutely so i could do an entire podcast on this topic uh if you ever want me to but um no so um i 
the, the question that you posed was, are they more inclined to have just like random unattached sex? I would say that I, I cannot answer that because I, I don't know the, I, I would, I don't know the comparative uh, statistics. Like, I don't know how much random sex people are having in their 20s versus in their 70s. Um, I will say that um, it's definitely becoming more of an active conversation in nursing homes. Like, it's always been a reality um, in nursing homes that, like, a lot of people are having sex all the time. Like, it's people are dating, people are hooking up, people are whatever. It's, like, a, one of the favorite, like, uh, topics of gossip around uh, <laughs> my, my personal, the senior center that I work at right now. It's a very fun gossip. Love it. I could tell some stories, but you, you're wanting to close the segment. But, um, right, you, you, you want to hear <laughs> We won't end the segment yet. Okay. So, Just um, one story. Best story that you've heard. All right, so um, this, uh, I, was, I was at lunch the other day and I was asking uh, one of the ladies, you know, what, you know what's the gossip? Uh, what, what, do you guys like to, what do you guys like to gossip around back here? And they're like, ah, oh, just, just who's, uh, who's doing who? You know, it's hard to keep up. And I was like, really? And she was like, absolutely. You see that woman over there? I'm going to call her Jennifer. Um, she's like, yeah, Jennifer. Uh, well, you see that guy in the pool room back there? We'll call him Jill. Well, a couple months ago, uh, we took uh, a trip to the mall, and uh, we found Jennifer and Joe uh, together in a dressing room, uh, in a fitting room, trying to figure out what fits where. (laughs) (gasps) No! (laughs) Exact words. Incredible. (laughs) Which I'm, like, all about. It's freaking great. Yeah. Go old people! Oh, man. But yeah, um, points to think about um, in the topic you were talking about nursing homes. Um, something that I'm really interested in is conversations about consent, especially in nursing homes, especially in the oh, yeah. So oh, if you consider oh, wow. um, people with Alzheimer's disease tend to have um, a higher sex drive, uh, but a decreased ability to... Uh, kind of understand the consequences of their actions. So like they may like say they're married and they're still living with their spouse. They know that they really want to have sex with their spouse, but they don't remember that they're married. Mm-hmm. So to what extent can, uh, can consent, you know, exist in that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like something that, you know, the gerontological <clears throat> uh, community at large doesn't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still like an ongoing conversation. Granted a conversation that's not happening enough, but when I'm in the room, it's happening Nice. <laughs> Good for you. Uh, yeah. So this makes me think about my grandma in the nursing home. Yeah, she's really what she's up to these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ask her about it. Oh yeah. my! <laughs> I need another. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Old People Sex with us. Um, <laughs> Zeke here for this segment um, because we're going to have him introduce some sort of alcoholic beverage and we'll all drink it together and give you um, a critique. Yeah, and usually he'll have a little background of uh, what the beverage is, probably have uh, drank a few beforehand, um, and he can present it to us. But instead, I will. uh, Today we have a uh, Boulevard Tropical Pale Ale. We and, got it at Price Cutter. Yeah, we got Price Cutter and an interesting anecdote. We didn't realize until we got back that it expired in December. So that's uh, two months ago, and we will see 
how it tastes, and we can guess whether or not uh, the expiration date impacts the quality. Um, True. Would you like to uh, to uh, drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For lack of a better word. Oh. Oh. What a nice sound. Cracking a cold one with the boy. Yeah, do we? One boy. Oh, cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We so, should have shotgunned him. Oh, uh, no, no, thanks. Smells like beer. Ooh, that tastes really good. Frothy. So this pale ale, what makes it tropical is that it has grapefruit and passion fruit. Andrew, Fresh, what do you exotic think? fruit. Um, it's good. Tastes like beer. Tastes like fruit. <laughs> See, I, this is why we need Zeke here. <laughs> I, I'm not a beer guy. I like wine, so I, I'm not going to give much input here. I mean, I, it's better than a Bud Light. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> All right. Well, as a beer drinker, um, it's a pale ale, so it is a lot lighter than most beers that I've had, which is pretty good. I really do like the taste of fruit in it. I guess, like, for me, the only kind of, like, fruity ale I've had are reds, um, either strawberry or blueberry. They're both really good, but I've never really had like a beer beer that was fruity. So I'm a big fan and I would buy these, especially for a hot day, you know, playing yard games, grilling and chilling um, with your friends, hanging by the pool. Um, so in February, it's not like the best time, but it's still enjoyable. Maybe that's why it expires in December. It's exclusively for summer. <laughs> December is not summer. I, I know, but, but it means... Yeah. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to work with these sound effects. So, it needs to take the soundboard away from Manuel. <laughs> um, do we have any other... Well, I guess I would be the one that would have more comments. I don't have any more comments on the beer. It's um, All right, well, stay tuned for a better review next week. Um, next. So, our next segment... Oh my. Uh, our next segment is our pop culture critique. And uh, today we are going to review for you uh, two films we recently watched. The first being The Cloverfield Paradox, uh, yeah. which, as you probably know, uh, there was a trailer released of it uh, during the Super Bowl. And then it was released on Netflix right after the Super Bowl. Um, and we actually just watched it last Sunday. Yeah. I, if you're not aware of what The Cloverfield is to begin with, it's like this these this movie franchise that talks about like these aliens coming to Earth and kind of destroying everything. And so in the Cloverfield Paradox, I wasn't really sure where they were going to go with this because um, before it was just people like running for their lives and like hiding and trying to fight this thing. Um, so it took a really interesting turn as they went into space. Also, there will be many spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, you should probably just skip ahead. Um so yeah, it takes you into space and they're like working to solve this energy crisis that what we don't know if it was caused by the aliens or if Yeah, yeah. We I, don't really understand. They didn't really specify. Um, but then in the middle of working on this like energy crisis thing, they somehow, I don't remember how they got transported to that other world. Well, so they've been working on this uh reactor or whatever it was yeah. in space. And they've been up there for over a year trying to get to work. I don't know. It was like every other day they would like try it out or how many, how often it took. But after like a year and a half, it finally worked and it had uh, unexpected consequences. 
it apparently lodged them into a different uh, dimension. Yeah, they kept on saying dimension, but the I feel like a more accurate word would be um, universe, like parallel okay, universe. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that was interesting. Um, there were definitely the little alien creatures still in it, though, because they would like come out of this guy's eye, and then or they would like control this guy, and then they eventually just like flew out of his whole body. So that was another <laughs> that was another plot hole, I think, or something that wasn't explained because. They were just worms, like, in a little worm farm. Well, and if you looked at them, they weren't just, like, normal worms. They were, like, they almost looked like tentacles of what the little, a- the, what the alien creatures were that came to Earth in the other Cloverfield movies. Mm. So that's why having that knowledge is a little bit important. Because, okay. like, it definitely yeah. looked otherworldly. It wasn't just, like, a worm you find in the dirt. Yeah, I, I did not see those other movies. So that, that would be helpful information. Yeah. But overall, it was a good movie. Good plot. Good characters. Uh, not a lot of jump scares. I thought it'd be more scary, so I was a little disappointed. Um, it was intense, but not as intense as I would have liked it. What would you rate it? Um, Probably like a 7 out of 10. Oh, I thought we were going to do like letters. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of letters? Like A, B, C, D, F. Oh, then I guess like a C? <laughs> okay, that works. Is that what a uh, 70 is? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So C. <laughs> C minus. <laughs> um, all right. That's so like what I got in high school. My take. Oh. <laughs> expose yourself. <laughs> in gym class? Is that what that was about? Oh, <laughs> no. C in gym class. No, I got an F in gym class, but we can talk about that in another time. Okay. Relatable. Um, so a lot of the reviews I read, there was only one positive review, and... The majority of the complaints were it was not specific to one genre. They were complaining that it wasn't uh, strictly sci-fi or strictly horror, which, uh, frankly, I find kind of uh, strange, like, to be critical of. Uh, we live in a time where music, the genres of music are just, like, a scale. Like, there's no specific pop anymore. It's, like, uh, alternative pop with the hint of folk. So why can't our movie genres be like that? And why do we have to be so critical of films that are making efforts uh, to change that in the film industry? I just don't understand. See, my response to that would be, stop caring what people think. Just do what you want. No, well, I'm saying I I liked it. I liked that it was a blend of different things. And I think uh, the film industry should continue to pursue that. Not being fun into stereotypes. Because then it ends up being uh, kind of like what we've been getting the last few decades, maybe. Of <laughs> I'm actually like a film buff right now. I'm not. Uh, Just uh, for the record, Andrew is not an actual film buff. But uh, for the show, he does a lot of research for these segments. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you just get like more or less the same film, only redone with different actors. And like true. a few more years updated. So I, I enjoyed it. I think it was a step in the right direction. Uh I can't say how I feel about it compared to the other two Cloverfield movies, but I would give it a a solid B. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I guess people just will always want to complain about something. So just let the haters hate. Keep on hating. So our second movie that we watched at Sunday Funday Friendship Film, which, if you're interesting, happens every Sunday night at 8 o'clock at my house. Um, you're more than welcome to come. Was, what was it called? I love you, man. 
Yes, I love Man. Jason Siegel. Uh, and Paul so Rudd. Paul, Paul Rudd was Rudd. The, the main guy. <laughs> and Rashida or Rashida? Uh, Jones. Just pick Rashida. one. Rashida. Rashida. I love Rashida. She's the best. Also, yeah, cameo. Um, oh, Aziz, Aziz As- Asnari. Is I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. And it was someone else from Parks and Rec. The douche. The guy that the plays douche, the douche. That's right. I don't know his name. I don't either. We should do more research but, next time. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know we were going to review this movie too. So. Surprise. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was a good movie. It was pretty relatable because the movie is about how <clears throat> um, Paul Rudd yes. and Rashida are getting married. Mm-hmm. And she has all these like girlfriends to be her bridesmaid. And, and he the has problem, no one. yeah, is the problem that he has no friends, and so it's like he has to find people to be in his wedding so that the girls aren't all just walking down alone. And it's like kind of awkward because he's a middle aged man. Like, how is he supposed to make friends? But then he runs into middle aged men don't make friends. Okay, I, I, don't know. I was just. <laughs> I have no Another stereotype, maybe Sarah Raberman can come in and talk about how... Sorry, I thought you were going to talk about I was glaring at Manuela. Uh, <laughs> maybe she can come on and talk about how middle-aged people actually can make friends, and we just don't want to think about that. So, it's a... Uh... <laughs> wow! Okay! It's true! I'm sorry! <laughs> it's a cultural norm to assume that middle-aged people are incapable of making friends. Alright! Shame on this movie. Shame on it. <laughs> F. I would give it like a a B. It was pretty funny. Um, a lot of crude humor that I don't really enjoy, but some of it was kind of funny. Um, I really love Jason Siegel as a person, Ooh. and I love the way he looks as a human being. So I won't watch any movie with him in it. If we're just being completely honest, I really feel like he made the movie. Um, Is he your type? Uh, part one of my types, I guess. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Any other comments about that movie? Um, Jason Siegel made the film. If Jason Siegel mm-hmm. wasn't in it, it would be like an F minus minus. It'd be like kind of awkward. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know how the film would work if he wasn't in it. He's a crucial player. Well, yeah. What so. if, it, if a different actor played his character? Um, no, I feel like he really made it because, like, the way he was acting as kind of, like, the free-flowing, like, hippie kind of friend was just, like, perfect. And I can't really think of any other actor who, like, has that same... Could Chris Pratt do it? No, because Chris Pratt seems more of, like, a I'm going to be, like, dumb funny but also, like, I'm pretty smart. So, like... Gotcha. Chris Pratt isn't... I wouldn't say he's, like, as easygoing as Jason Siegel can be in films. I see, I see. So, I mean, other than that, it was a good movie. Greg picked it. Apparently, it's his favorite movie, but he's only seen it once. Um, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, Greg's just our friend. Um, <clears throat> just a friend. <laughs> that made it sound weird. <laughs> So, um, we have a quote jar segment where we have a jar and various quotes in the middle of it or uh, interspersed within it, and we draw one out and uh, 
Wait, what are we gonna do with the quotes exactly? Other than I don't really them? know. Should we like be listening to our friends and like just like secretly record them every yeah, time we hang out? Yeah, and then be like, oh, that's a good quote for the quote. Oh, may- maybe we should do that. Yeah. All right. Um, well, if you have any suggestions, let us know. Yeah, yeah. Um, should we make up a quote right now since we don't have the jar yet? Yeah. What's something that either you have, you or I have said that has been really funny? Um. Hmm. Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello? Saying hello over and over again. Hello? 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 Something fun to do if uh, you can hear your friend on the phone, but uh, they're not sure if, <laughs> <laughs> All if right, you actually well, can. Do you have uh, anything else you want to say in this podcast? Um, Hopefully we'll have a second episode. I don't know. It's been, been a rocky road. <laughs> Lots of technical difficulties and... Uh, short-term memory loss but uh hopefully we will see you next time see you next time